Hey guys, what's up? This is Chris Chavez, co-host of History Creeps, Hardly Kayfabe, and Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Normally, you'd hear a bumper for the network right about now. Instead, I wanted to take a moment to ask a favor. If you've ever listened to many of our shows on the network, you've heard us talk about a place that has quickly established itself as a staple of downtown Buffalo over the past couple of years. Mizuta Chow's is a Japanese-themed bar-slash-restaurant-slash-retro-80s arcade that features amazing Japanese-inspired street food, top-shelf drinks, and a glittery pink staircase that has become one of Buffalo's most popular Instagram selfie destinations. Like many other establishments around the country, Mizuta Chow's was forced to shut their doors and lay off their staff when the COVID pandemic hit. At first, they didn't let that stop them from helping the community. For weeks, Johnny Chow and his partner Christy, along with a number of other Chow's employees, worked to feed essential workers on the front lines treating those affected by the virus. They organized pop-up drive through grocery supply stores for anyone who needed essential items. The crew at Mizuta Chow's has worked tirelessly to support the community during this rough time. Now, we here at the network want to help show our appreciation for an establishment that has proven what it means to be a neighbor in the 716. Recently, a GoFundMe was set up to try to raise money to help Mizuta Chow's pay employees, bills, and ensure that when it's safe to, they can open their doors to the good people of Buffalo and Western New York. I know things are rough everywhere, but if you are able to, please consider donating to the Mizuta Chow's Relief Fund on GoFundMe. Every bit helps. You can also find a link at bicbp-radio.com. Thanks for listening and supporting the network. Now on with the show. Hey Divers, Mullenites, welcome back. What is up? Welcome to another episode of Vinyl Divers Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Mullen, and whew, man, I'm telling you, uh, as crazy as it seems, it still seems that every episode, the world becomes a little bit more slower, a little bit more uh, kind of waiting and hesitation, and yet podcasting, the network, we are speeding up. Uh, we have Matt lining up podcasts for the virtual uh, Western New York PodCon, head on over to our uh, network Facebook page to be able to see some more info on that. And even in that sense, we're starting to do uh, live streaming more on the network. I am getting ready to uh, try and push some live streaming with Vinyl Divers, and I am just content creating as much as I can. And I have a special treat with, for you guys today. I actually have an awesome guest. Uh, I have Matthew Rhodes of Tropodelic, the reggae funk ska, hip-hop, fusion, just some awesome masterpiece of crazy awesome music, as well as his own solo work, uh, Rhodes Icarus, on as a guest today. And right before we get into that, I would just want to let you all know, again, as same with the intro bumper, and I talked about it on a couple episodes ago with Ricky, if you're in the Western New York area, if you've been out and about around downtown Buffalo, there's a new bar that kicked off about a year or so ago called Masuda Chow's. One of the owners is Johnny Chow from Stone Sour, the bass player, and traveling the world, one of his favorite places that he went to was um, down in these Tokyo alleys where in this little alleyway, there'd be an entire whole like culture of shops and bars and just everything and anything. 
So when he came back to Buffalo, we ended up starting a bar, and that's kind of how it is. So the first layer of the bar, you're like walking in a little alleyway where the backing bar is kind of like an apartment building, and then little there's a little tiny side uh, sushi bar kind of pop out, and it's got some great food. And then up top is a giant retro arcade bar as well with like pin pinball cabinets, ski ball. Um, Mortal Kombat was in there at one point. They had the Simpsons hit and run games. It's awesome. But during everything with COVID-19, it's forcing a lot of the bars and restaurants to shut down. So what they started was a GoFundMe page. So we're trying to help contribute to that. So head on over to the Facebook. There is currently a comic book raffle giveaway. And there is a post labeling the instructions on how to get to that. So please head on over, check that out, get in on the giveaway. They're giving away some awesome comic books. And if you can, just in general, head on over to the GoFundMe for Masudo Chows. Help support us out at Buffalo Local. Uh, we really are big local uh, oriented. We want to keep it to the little man, to the mom and pop shops, to the small bands, the not so giant corporations, which leads me to today's episode and guest. Uh, I love big bands. I love Green Day. I love Blink-182. They inspired me in my music journey. But there is something I found when you kind of descale it a little bit. When you start going to Warp Tour and you start seeing these small bands that, you know, these larger bands were at one point. And you see them grinding, hitting every single city possible, showing up and staying after, hanging with the band, meeting them and becoming friends with them. And one of those bands that I have ended up becoming a fan of and really I feel like I'm a part of the family of the community that surrounds it the tropaholics as they're called uh tropadelic is one of those bands and we have Matthew Rhodes today he is the singer and one of the guitarists so welcome Matt what's up buddy thanks for having me on that, that bar sounds pretty cool too Where, where's that bar at in, in Buffalo it's uh right on Main Street it's uh right around the corner from where Shays is okay if you go I, I, if you go to Instagram and you hash search the hashtag pink staircase, you're going to see everyone on these like super glittery pink. Like literally it's like teenage girl vomit and like my little ponies. <laughs> like it just reeks pink glitter. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah You'll I, see it. I, I think I might have heard of that before. That sounds like a pretty cool concept. though. So, so the guy is the guy from Buffalo or is that is he just he just like he like chose Buffalo? Uh, he He's actually from, I think, Hamburg. South Buffalo oh, Hamburg area as well. <clears throat> okay, that's awesome. And uh, it was just kind of his one of his favorite places to visit when he was touring, and he kind of wanted to bring that back. And I'm gonna tell you, it's the hot spot of everyone right now. Like, really? Yeah, definitely. They've been. Uh, they started their GoFundMe page, and what they are trying to do is that all the re- all the money that gets donated is being put right back into the employees to kind of keep them alive and to help keep the keep the restaurant open because they weren't uh, they weren't able to receive. Uh, some of the benefit that other companies were able to. Sure. Yeah, I'm looking at Pink Staircase. It's got it's kind of hot on the tag game on Instagram. So oh yeah, I'll check that out next time I'm around. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, you guys would definitely love that place. It's really cool. It's fun. Yeah, it's good. sounds like it. Sounds like it, man. It's good. Um, and so speaking of like being small and local, so it's been kind of said that Buffalo is sort of like a second home to you guys, and uh, I didn't really know how that came from. So. I don't know if it was from I, I asked something at a previous show or where I heard it about. So how how was Buffalo so kind of really kind of uh, <clears throat> connected so closely to Tropodelic for the fans and listeners? Well, so my personal connection is that my dad is from Hamburg 
So as a kid, I grew up in Pittsburgh. We would go up there a bunch on, you know, the holidays. And I still have aunts in um, uh, Lakeview and Fredonia. My grandparents used to live in Eden. Oh, wow. Um, so I spent a lot of time there. But as far as the band, more so, we we took the approach early on, not, not really intentionally, of just, you know, we, we spent so much time just playing local, playing local, playing local. So Buffalo was one of the first sort of cities that we started going to. So if you look back at, you know, our tour history for years, um, outside of Ohio, you know, Buffalo was one of the earliest places we started playing. Um, so I'd say that it's it's just inherent in us um, for how long we've been there to have gained a lot of friends and turned family sort of up in Buffalo. It's... Uh... I will say it's it was a really shock to me to realize how big you guys were because unfortunately when I first found out about Trapadelic, um, I was sort of newer to the reggae scene, mm-hmm. if uh, I guess you would call that. Because to me when I think reggae, I think more like the traditional style, so it's kind of new. Sure, me too. Uh, but I guess to this like modernized uh, reggae scene, I didn't realize how big it was and how big you guys were in it. So for me to see you guys always kind of hitting Buffalo. It was really cool, and it definitely really kind of established a, a main staple in my music taste now. Um, you don't see that a lot with a lot of bands. Usually, you know, you're lucky if you see a band once or twice, but you guys end up coming through to Buffalo, I think, what, two to three times a year at least? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was probably more than that for a while. It's It's been scaled down lately. It's probably more like one or two. But, um, yeah, and much like your buddy that owns the bar, like, I just... I've been, I haven't been to, to Japan quite yet, but I've been around the country a bunch and uh, a little bit overseas, but um, I just love, I love the area. Like I love this whole Rust Belt area, the Great Lakes area, the Midwest, whatever you want to describe it. Um, the, and so I, I love Buffalo, you know, I love Cleveland. I love Pittsburgh. I love Detroit. Like I, it's just the people here are real. And I try to kind of put my personal bias aside Um you know, because I'm from this area, but I just feel like it's just it's just a gritty. People are tough, you know, and people are real. And I, I know what to expect. And, you know, maybe maybe it is just a bias comfort level. But so so I don't I love going to Buffalo. You know, I, I always make sure we're, we're hitting these areas because it's, it's 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 what I love. You know, it's it's definitely felt and I completely feel it is reciprocated like. You he you there are some bands that I've seen come around and it's like, oh, you know, there's a little bit of a following, but I mean in the Facebook group, the Tropaholics, it feels like the majority of us are from this area too. And it feels like when you guys do come through, it fills the place when you guys get ready to go on. And the fan base is strong. And I hope you guys too keep can uh keep continuing to follow through here frequently when you guys get bigger and bigger still. Because you're constantly on the uprise. Um yeah, I don't. I don't anticipate. It. I hope there's never a day where we're not still going and playing these some of these places around the Midwest here because I I love them. I love them dearly. They're dear to me. So I'm just I'm just actually kind of curious. Uh, if you guys were playing around Buffalo so much, even when you guys were smaller, mm-hmm. what were some of the local venues that you ended up playing? Because I've seen you guys play uh, Town Ballroom, but to me, like that's usually when you're a supporter or a a smaller headline. Like you guys aren't like national like like green day status so you're not like selling out like amphitheaters but like sure. smaller scale like a day to remember would would put up would sell out uh town ballroom you guys filled out town ballroom what were some of the smaller shows and venues in buffalo that you guys used to play at i 
It's funny you ask because I was thinking of a story and I don't know. I'm trying. I'll keep it PG, but um, I will let you know. You don't have to. Okay. So, but I, you know what? Like we, we love sort of, we just did our, a live stream um, from the grog shop and the place that kind of reminds me of that in Buffalo is that Mohawk place, which I really love. Um, it's kind of probably a little too small for us now, but you know, we played there back in the day. We used to go up in the, um, the floors above it, which looks like it must've been some kind of old, like, dormitory or like you know maybe some immigrant living or something it's very strange looking which is pretty cool but i specifically remember one time playing in buffalo at a place called something like the monkey or like purple monkey or something like i've that. heard of that the pur- place? i've never been there but i've heard people talk about the purple monkey okay so we played there one time right and i, I don't remember what area it was i'm still I'm, I'm not like hip enough with buffalo to know like mm-hmm. the exact blocks and everything quite because i don't i mean i spent a lot of time in the suburbs for the most part but we, there was an RV parked behind the place and there was very clearly some ladies of the night using it as like, as action. And we were sitting there watching guys come and go and the RV would just start rocking like <laughs> in this parking lot. And like, I remember our drummer at the time was like, just like floored. Like he couldn't believe it. Like he was made we're like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. Just like, like, he was like, what? What's going on? Oh my God. Like, like, Dude, but it was pretty funny that there were some Buffalo hookers were behind the purple monkey oh my uh, God. flipping tricks in, in an RV. You know, and I think probably like 15 people came to that show. That was probably <laughs> like almost a decade ago. Oh, my God. Um, I, I remember that one. Oh. Nietzsche's, Nietzsche's, Nietzsche's is awesome. I, I love that whole Allentown neighborhood. Allentown um, was Allentown was awesome. Uh, I, I feel like it is kind of a staple that if you end up living in Buffalo, especially like in the city. You should always do at least some time in Allentown if you're able to. Um, yeah. We, we were lucky enough. We actually, uh, me and my girlfriend and a roommate at the time actually had an apartment one block away from Allentown. Nice. It's such a unique, like, sort of like, I can't think of um, a place quite like it in, like, this sort of, you know, mm-hmm. in this sort of region. Um, yeah, just super unique. Older folk, younger folk, super kind of artsy. But it, it has very much Buffalo, very much Buffalo, it's, though. Like, well, you know, like it's so. Buffalo is very, very prideful of itself. I feel, and it's kind mm-hmm. of, I think, I think it's kind of known nationwide. Like we are very, very. I mean, look at the Bills fans, diehards, yeah. and uh, you put that in the artistic, cultural little section. I mean, I could definitely see where it would grow from. Uh, I don't know if you know about this, but they actually have a festival, and I'm going blank on it right now. But they have their own little weekend that they take over. And it is an all artist, all artists and musicians and like individual shop owners just apply and get spaces and tables and just do arts all weekend long, all throughout That's like 24 cool. session, 24 hours. It's That's really, cool. really freaking cool. Um, yeah, we probably got a half dozen or so pictures in front of that pink. Frederick Nietzsche mural or whatever, you know, mm. on the side of the building. Yep. So yeah, I love it over there. I mean, if you've been down to Allentown, tell me you've been to the pink, right? The pink? Yep. I don't. Is that no? I'm not sure. Maybe is it? The, is it? What is it? Describe it. It's to me. it's it it's like the divest bar possible. Uh, All across kind of, the street with like the point. Yep. With with the, with, the like per- little, with, like with the flames. Night mirror or something on the front. Yep. With the flames on the. Yep. Oh, I've been in there. I've oh been yeah. In there. Yep. I've All right. I feel like I feel like uh, Buffalo Buffalonians that uh, that listen to you kind of connect connect with you on a little bit more personal level now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been. I I would back in my drink. I'm sober now, but in my drinking days, I I hit every bar with 
right right around the venue probably mm. three or four times over so by the way uh congratulations on on that that's thanks, actually thanks, that's man. that's a that's an achievement and power that few have so that's awesome appreciate um, it man. so going from buffalo uh kind of like let's let's kind of push in a little bit direction of early tropping towards now where did tropping elk really kind of come from so you started the band with a different lineup you had then you kind of got a new set of a new crew and then you guys started kind of playing out in uh 2013 i saw correct yeah so i started i went i grew up in pittsburgh like mm-hmm. i said and i went to kent state which is um you know in kent ohio kind of towards akron and it was like just like far enough away from home to be out of state and still get home on the weekends and be close enough to my family. Um, started the band there as just, you know, kind of like an, uh, a fucking around sort of situation. And, uh, you know, it developed. I was still learning the ropes. I was partying. I was, you know, I got my degree and um, kind of like the college on up sort of parted ways, did their own yeah. thing. I had I brought a, another crew in of older guys that everyone kind of thought they were the boss and that didn't work out either. And then, you know, what's known as Tropidelic, I think for most people now is this lineup and, you know, which kind of started coming into play around 2013 or so, and then hitting the road pretty hard shortly thereafter. Now, um, I don't, you, you don't, you don't say it and it doesn't come off as it is your band where, you know, some, some bands and artists, uh, I see a lot of like, I just think 80s metal where like the lead singer, it's him and the band. It doesn't come off like that. It would Tropidelic. So until I found that kind of lineup of changes, until I uh, learned that, I never would have known that it was originally your idea starting it. And the way Tropidelic sound comes through with the horns and it's this great fusion of uh, the way I describe your show to people is that it is the most fun you'll ever have. Um, and you're going to dance the entire time. Even if you, even if you're not a dancer, and it even proved that, like we brought one of our friends to the show uh, back uh, a couple months ago, and she's the she like she's she's not into this, she's not into reggae at all. She just more or less came for her boyfriend, and because Amber was uh, coming, and she ended up dancing and moving, and she even kind of got into it little. And it's you, you guys put on a great energy. How is it kind of creating that flow and keeping your kind of like putting a uh, that together and then also having your own side work roads icarus where you also bring that in but now it's more of an in a very more a hip-hop state does that make sense i'm sorry <laughs> yeah um well yeah I'm, I'm glad you said that about the uh not really knowing you know that i mm-hmm. kind of orchestrated a lot of this since since before some of these guys are around because that's what I'm going for too. I don't want to, I never have been the guy that wants the spotlight. It's, it's about me. It's my thing. I very much am comfortable um, sharing that. And honestly, sometimes I don't want that at all, period. So um, Trump, and we said it, we've said it a bunch of times. It, the band is way bigger than any one person. You know, there was times years ago where they played shows without me. In fact, the last time we were in Buffalo, yes. I was, I had strep throat, you know, a week or two into tour, and I was literally dying in the bus park behind Town Ballroom, and they played the show without me, which is, like, incredible. And I saw a video, and everyone was stoked, and it went really well. I actually had a couple people hit me up, and they said uh, – I had one girl hit me up the next day, and she said, 
you're you're so amazing for 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 pushing through and playing last night." And I said, "Thank you." <laughs> like, I wasn't even on. Some people literally thought I was on stage still. Like, I, you know, so that goes to show you. But um, the the sound itself was is is as far back as this has gone. You know, since origination, just developed slowly to this point. But regardless of who has been in the band much like I said, it being bigger than itself, it's been the same sort of like vibe, I guess. I hate to use that word of just like high energy, give it all you got, be different, you know, give the people what they paid for and then some, and then also like an all welcoming sort of group. Like, you know, we all are kind of our own sort of outcasts mm -hmm. and, and crazy people. And, and we, we attract that a lot. And, um, and, that, and that's kind of our niche with, as far as, um, what we're doing here you know we want to set ourselves apart that's been an ongoing theme since day one and then you know now it's it's budded into this thing where a bunch of us have side projects and stuff too um which is cool because you know at some point this becomes its own entity like i said and there's things we need to do to propel this entity forward that don't necessarily you know might not fulfill all your needs creatively so you know i definitely have done the side project stuff and it's really just that's what it is it's a side project so when i have time here i'll try to crank out a couple singles um you know i just got done doing a couple features i know some other guys um have been doing the same in this mm -hmm. downtime but it's nice to have different creative outlets like that nice I, i'll say uh it, it is cool so when tropodelic specific when specifically Tropodelic content is being written, is that majority <clears throat> majorly coming from you writing it, or is how is the writing process for the for the entire band during that? Is does one person it, take lead, or is it kind of shared? Uh, it's you know if if you hear James spitting bars or singing something, it's more than likely he wrote that. Um, you know, Bobby, you're bringing whole songs to the table for the most part, and I'll write to that. A lot of stuff I do write. Um, but it's very much like, okay, let's let's pool our ideas here, um, and see what see what sounds best. And uh, we're lately we've been experimenting with different kind of options with remotely kind of doing things and seeing like you know what works most efficiently and effectively in the studio. Um, but it's very much been a collaborative effort as far as okay, who's got the ideas? What are the best ideas? You know, and then pick the cream of the crop and go from there. But um, yeah, we will always be and always have been sort of an open, open book situation as far as creativity. It uh, it's really cool because now seeing all of the individual side projects projects kind of taking a little bit of a shine during this downtime for all the bands, it seems uh, it makes me feel kind of tropodelic has that uh, especially with the jamming element of just kind of dancing and being at the live shows as a very much of a, it reminds me of a grateful dead situation where y'all bring your own little taste and flavor into this melting pot of like, you're not a jam band, but you guys jam on stage together. Like you guys have this flow and this fun, just you guys all mesh on stage beautifully. It, it's, it's awesome. Thanks man. Um, now with solo work, what, uh, when you started doing some of the Rhodes Icarus, it has more of this hip hop flavor take. Is there any reason why you decide to keep that separate where you don't want to kind of do that direction with Tropodelic? Or is it just a personal, like you want to work on something individual 
for yourself? Yeah, well, at some point, you know, one of our ongoing sort of, I don't want to call it an issue because it's really mm-hmm. been, a, I describe it as a blessing and a curse is that we are so diverse and what we're bringing to the table. You know, even we, we at least now try to keep the records cohesive as far as the way they feel throughout. But I mean, some of the CDs it will go from a rap song to a ska song to a, a you know, like a more of a reggae rock sort of song. And, um, you know, I I didn't some of the songs I one of the couple of the road songs I first had. I'm like, man, does this really even work for Tropidelic? Maybe, but probably not. How will it translate live? So some of the stuff, there was conscious decisions like, OK, this is this is, doesn't make sense for Tropidelic right now. Um, and we'll move it over. And I moved it over to the roadside. But no, it's just, you know, like kind of like this fringe sort of there's there's songs growing up in like, you know, the, the 90s and like the early 2000s, even where there was like a fringe pop song that was kind of hip hoppy that like was played on the radio. And I was like, man, like this is my guilty pleasure. Like, I like this. It's like, you know, there was also 12 year old girls that love it, though, too, you know, but it was like just in this fringe. So that's kind of like what I'm leaning towards, like, I love guitar driven sort of hip hop songs that, you know, that, you know, back in the day, you would love to put on your smoking a blunt mixtape sort of thing. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards with this road stuff. But it, it really just the stuff that fulfills my sort of creative uh, needs, I guess. But I'm just going with the flow with it, honestly. No, no, I mean, that's cool. And that's awesome. The way it, the way it comes out is very natural. And it's just like, oh, like, it feels so natural. And it's like, wow. So this is kind of like the pull the veil aside, you know, you know, roads from Tropidelic, but like, you don't know them in this way. Like, so it's cool. And your solo stuff uh, definitely has a, that more of a, the hip hop beat and vibe. And I'm not a big hip hop fan personally. Mm-hmm. A lot of the hip hop I kind of like, I gravitate towards more like the Mac Miller, uh, some Eminem, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Watsky. I don't know if you know him or have ever heard of him. I heard that name before, but I don't He, uh, I found Watsky through being on a, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Tomorrow's Bad Seeds. Okay. He was featured on Tomorrow's Bad Seeds, and then I found him through that way, but he's got that very, uh, he reminds me of that typical white boy rapper that talks about his anxiety and stuff like that. And just kind of related. And I was like, oh, cool. It's like, that's kind of what I like. And I really like your work. Uh, And now that I'm kind of listening to some of your Rhodes Icarus work, you guys just dropped a brand new single, uh, Snowman. Mm -hmm. And I'll say it sounds, the very beginning, it kind of sounds a little, It's it's, at first it sounded like a little bit of a drum pad-ish and it felt more like a hip hop influence, but then it feels more of, it feels trop, but it has this like a little bit of effect filter. It just has a little bit of a direction. I don't know if it's something I'm just hearing and it's just kind of me, but is this like a new direction or sound for Tropidelic? Or good question. Good question. Um, we'll see. It's been it's been a topic of conversation, you know. I will say though that, you know, the single did remarkably well mm-hmm. and um, you know, we were super happy to get that feature. Uh so, you know, as far as direction, it's like every project. And like I said before, it's like an ongoing thing where, you know, our file Renaissance record, which came out in December, pretty different than the the here in the Heights record that came out in June, which was pretty different than the heavy the head record that came out in 2017. So it's like every album here, we're like, 
reinventing the sound and trying to trying to also you know fulfill our create creative needs as a group but also you know bring the fans a product and a sound they're gonna love and it, the balance between the two is just crazy and something just goes through my head constantly but all I can say is that the single did really well so um, I mean I mean I you I I'll say this one. As a fan, I don't feel like you guys are the band that's just going to follow the sound of what sells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you enjoyed playing and it did well, I'm not going to be against seeing if this I'm not I personally won't be against this album if it has a little bit of that of that uh flavor to it. Sure. Because you guys because you guys do still have that tropic like it's very tropicalic but it's like ooh, a little bit of taste of this a little bit here. Cuz like the previous albums all have a tropidelic, but there's a little bit more of a flavor of it. And I like that about you guys. So I'm, ex- I'm very interested for uh, the new album. Is there any idea of when it's ready to drop or any projected date? No. So, you know, it's a constant, ever-changing thought. Like we left for tour. I recorded that song uh, fairly quickly before we left. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll get on an EP here in the summer. And all this stuff happened and now it's like maybe we'll just focus on an album but it's just an ever-changing sort of idea so i i don't have a grasp right now on when we might have the next kind of batch of songs ready so we'll see all right all right um speaking of currently also releasing is that you guys were really quick to jump on it and we're really quick on as uh, the social distancing and self-quarantining kind of kicked off you guys big thing that you guys did is starting the live streams I personally think that you guys were one of the first live streams I actually saw come up on my radar that bands were going to start doing. And the first one, it looked like I didn't even think to make notes of it because I was going to reference it at the time. But uh, I think you guys were like in a bedroom for the first one or it looked like a a set studio, like a home, like almost like a home studio. Yeah. So I think the first one you're talking about was was the acoustic. Yeah. Yeah, So that was at an unnamed college TV studio in our area. Um, we kind of got access maybe when we shouldn't have been able to, but uh, with permission. But um, so we were there and we, you know, it's been a crazy, weird learning curve. Um, not just for us, but the people that we pulled in to help us, because, you know, there's a lot more now. But before now, there's not a whole lot of people that, you know, especially in our area that were like, well-versed in setting up pro audio and pro video live streams, at least for bands, you know, there's, it's not, like I got three of them I can call at any time. It's, it's, so we were figuring out on our own and we still are figuring out how to do it on our own, uh, better. Um, but that was the very first one. We, we actually went in and set it up and had it all great. And then last minute we couldn't get the, the stream key to load. So we just threw up a phone, but it worked out. I'll say, uh, Whatever phone it was, it was awesome. Call it was awesome quality. It came through fun, and I wish. Uh, I will say the first one. I, I uh, I'm pretty sure I messaged you. I was like, "Hey, I ripped the audio of it in honor of the Deadheads," and I wish I would have fought to rip the audio for the acoustic. It. I mean, does anyone have an, have a recording of the acoustic session? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm sure that's. I'm sure it's. There's stuff out there. Listen, divers, Mullenites, I'm calling y'all. Any trapaholics listening in. Vinyl Divers Podcast at Gmail. If you got this acoustic session, let me know. Please let us know. Uh, but like that was so cool. And it was like, oh, sweet. And I 
that wasn't the show that you guys had to cancel on because then you guys end up doing a follow-up live stream because you end up having to cancel some tours or some tour dates, correct? Um, yeah. So we had that very same weekend, we did a high quality multi-camera one mm-hmm. in a studio in Columbus. And that was right before things really started exploding. Um, this was, I think, the first few days of April. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one we did, was a few weeks ago and we had tons of issues with the sound production um it just had to like cancel it midway through which is also just a crazy like we're in this new ever-changing situation i'm on stage in front of whatever a thousand people watching the live stream and now i have to like tell them politely that you know our entire production just folded in on itself and we're very sorry but it's just so strange just so strange but we did one at our hometown venue, the Grog Shop, here a couple of days ago, and it went really well. So we kind of had some redemption there. Which uh, I kind of want to get into the Grog Shop in a minute, but so I'll say is that even with your live stream getting shut down, it, it was even reciprocated. I could see in the fan in the fan groups that it's okay, we don't care, we still loved it. It was yeah. yeah I mean, like it, it's okay, and that's and for the list. This for the listeners here is that you. This is this is a reason why. I will push Tropodelic and the Tropaholics is that why you should listen to them is that it's like the family communities that even when, you know, maybe a, at some people would feel that how dare the, the stream gets shut down. Like what the heck? We don't care. It was awesome. We got to see you guys play again where some of us would have to wait months to see that, which it's okay. Um, now the show from the grog shop, that was fun. I wasn't expecting that long and that much of music. I had uh, I've been recording almost every single day, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's Thursday! Shit, I gotta I gotta watch Tropodelic, and um, you guys went through everything like throughout the years. It looked like like phenomenal, phenomenal time. Thanks, man. And uh, you said the Grog Shop was kind of like you kind of related it to uh, our Mohawk place. So tell us a little bit about the Grog Shop. What is it like there? And uh, like, is it? a divey bar or is this like where all the bands kind of want to play at or it's probably a little both. And I don't think they'd have a problem with me saying that Um, it's 400 cap capacity though. So, you know, we started our new year's Eve event there. I don't remember the year, maybe 2014, 13, something like that. And the first year or two, it didn't sell. And then we sold out a few years in a row and it was obviously time to kind of move, move on to a bigger venue. But um, there's pictures of Kurt Cobain on the wall playing there. Um, and it's been there forever. It actually moved up and down the street, the location, at least once or twice. And it's just like I used to live a block away. So I would walk there all the time and go see shows. And it's been around. It's like a, it's a Cleveland staple. And I, I love it there. I love the people there. Um, it's very much Cleveland. Um, so super cool to kind of do the stream there. We, we referenced the grog shop in a and a couple lyrics and different songs, um, particularly the one song I remember mentioning the, the wall sweating because I remember being in there and just like so humid and just everything's like wet, you know, just like the entire inside is just wet bomb. It's just, you know, so I always think about that. And like, you know, the, the bathroom, like, like, like Nietzsche's or someone's like, it's just like, everything is just graffiti like the entire men's room is just covered like on the ceiling everything oh yeah it's just so it's one of those like uh 
I don't know, I guess idyllic sort of it's like independent state. venue sort of looks, you know. So it's like uh so it's like the it's like the the Cleveland staple. So like if you're if you're heading out there, like that's where yeah. you that's that's the on the uh East side. The the real or the, not the east side the, that's what I meant um that's like the real tour sites if it, you want to get the real feel of what it's like to live that's where you want to visit yeah something like that and it's on like a little strip that's been around you know that's been a hub for art and music and stuff for decades so oh cool yeah uh just I guess a little bit of uh fan just for the fans and listeners listeners what are some of the fa- uh, favorite shows that you've seen or memorable acts you're like oh I remember this one time that. Like when I think Mohawk place, I think mustard plug. So is there anything that like to for you for the grog shot that kind of just really hits? Um, I saw I I most recently went and saw a group called Hieroglyphics there, which is like a Bay Area hip hop act that has Del the Funky Homo sapien in it. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's had a bunch of different projects. But um what's so cool about it is that it has like it's a 400 cap venue and it gets a lot of great shows that probably could play bigger rooms, but not just it, like it's hip hop, it's punk, you know, it's rock, it's independent. You know, we, for, we played our first show with Flowbots there. Um, so I just like very much like my taste. It's a very diverse sort of palette of, of music there. So um, I can't really think of anything offhand specifically, but just yeah, lots of incredible shows, and you know, right. living in the neighborhood there, I just very much feel a part of, right. of everything happening. All right, cool. I mean, that's really that's pretty sweet, and uh, definitely, I guess, a place that if I'm gonna head out to Cleveland, I'm gonna have to check that out when all this is over. Uh, now a little before we wrap up on the live streams, I want to talk about uh, I want to touch on you guys put on a festival every year. And currently right now, I know you guys are working kind of day to day. I was uh, listening into one of your live streams on Instagram live where you talked about uh, Freak Stomp. Just for the listeners that don't know, this is a festival that uh, I've told you guys. I've been a Warp Tour here and there. And I've always kind of wanted to experience the festival. I just never knew which one it was. 2021, my plan is to get to Freak Stomp. And oh, yeah. it, it just because it sounds like it's an awesome, fun time of a bunch of reggae bands out in the woods. Just... I am pretty sure my friend Jay and Maddie ended up heading out there one or two years ago. And just now that I've been listening to you guys and all this, like and I'm more invested in this music scene, it just feels like I'm going to get so much more out of it. And so what is, uh, do you mind giving like a little re up of how kind of freak stop kind of came to be and where it's currently at? Yeah. So it's, um, I think this would be the fourth year if everything goes as planned, which right now it's, still the plan that we're going to have freak stump this year it's the third weekend in august but you know it's just an idea to have let's do a little festival and get our all of our fam together in one place and then by the second year we kind of maxed out the capacity of uh the original venue which is up towards cleveland more we move it down towards columbus ohio now and um yeah it's just it's an incredible thing because we'll have people in cities all over the country that will put us up or become close friends with, but you may only see, you know, whenever you're on the road and so many of them coming together in one place, it's just like, it's just a magical sort of thing to see our friends from Florida meeting our friends from Illinois and they become friends. 
you know, it's the same concept on a, on a smaller scale at a lot of the shows, but it's just, you know, we had people travel from like, you know, 17, 20 states or something as far from as California in uh, Florida. But yeah, and I think you're right, though. I think you like really enjoy it. Lots of people from Western New York, um, but you'll make some friendships that'll be lasting. So it's everything goes as planned will be on for this year still. But So so right now, this uh, this giant collaboration of a festival that, I mean, hell, this looks like a great time if, as long as it's going to go ahead. It's still currently on track to go planned as ahead. In, in in the unfortunate circumstance that you guys are unable to have it go have it go live, are you guys planning to try and do anything digital as like a digital uh, festival with bands going live individually, or is there is there a backup ideas? Yes, there is backup ideas. That actually, I was just getting a bunch of people's thoughts last night from uh, the organizer. So we have we do have an organizer we kind of partner with, but he was bringing up the idea of. Well, there's the, the live stream aspect, uh, which we could do, or, you know, everyone's been sharing these articles this week about these drive-ins that have been turning into like drive-in concert venues. And there's a couple big ones out here in Ohio. So as a last resort sort of option, we may look to do something like that. I mean, be, again, just super weird, but, um, you know, we've got to make sure the music continues. I think it'd be awesome and, a, you know, a great idea to know a lot of, uh, from the pop culture sense and scene, see a lot of conventions are going all cyber and digital. Uh, there's some of our shows that on the network that end up becoming a part of a um, some lo- some cyber conventions. We're currently going cyber for our own podcast convention. So to see other bands end up being like, well, these giant festivals and tours, we're we're still going to try and take them and put them on in our own way. I think the drive-in shows would be awesome. If anything. I know it'd be probably hard for bands themselves to individually book drive-ins around the country, but I know drive-ins are kind of a dying, a, a dying attraction. This is a way for them that if you know if they maybe if uh, enough of them start thinking smart, this could be a way to kind of bring them back and keep bands like you guys touring and playing out shows. Because I'm telling you, if uh, the drive-in down on transit over in Buffalo and uh, out in Lockport direction, if they were like Tropodelic, Ballyhoo, and uh, I don't know, dirty heads are playing. Come on out. I'm telling you, it's going to be packed. It's going to fill it. Right. I mean, yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see. I mean, not all music aside, like what industries, I think we know a lot of industries are going to get destroyed by this pandemic, but what industry is it going to create? Because there's going to be a whole slew of businesses that thrive off this sort of thing. And who would have thought that potentially driving movie theaters are going to make a comeback because we had a pandemic, you know, like just, it's just so wild. I mean, we'll see. I I'm interested. I'm interested Uh, during this whole, uh, not really making a comeback, but during this whole seeing it's interesting, what bands and businesses do what's on the, the horizons for Tropodelic as far as live streams plan to go kind of like just as a regular, like a month to month where you guys just kind of open it up to donations to just like, listen, we, we're going to get together and put on a show for you. And just, if you want to, you can donate. Are there more of those planned or are there some, I don't know, like what's, what's kind of in the works. Yeah. So we've been kind of, you know, everything's just a day by day. Like what is going to happen next? Where does this put us in our timeline of what we anticipate uh, for playing shows again? But in the, you know, in the short term here, we're planning to do like one full band live stream um, a month 
and pepper in some smaller ones with uh, personal uh, streams with a couple of our guys doing solo activities or performing. Um, and that, you know, that's really, it's really been helping us. And I can't thank uh, our fam of people enough for all they've done. That It's been super helpful because, you know, for us, and I think a lot of bands, like the touring accounts for a, a giant portion of the income, not just the touring, but the merch sales of the shows. So, you know, it, we're one of the, probably the most forgotten when it comes to the government's concerned and, you know, least helped industries um, as far as entertainment industry, you know, as far as the unemployment funds available and all that sort of thing. I know Ohio just um, opened up 1099 unemployment uh, filings, but I don't think you can even file yet. I, I think it was approved. So, you know, a lot of people are hurting and, and we've been very blessed to kind of continue and with the support of our family. Um, you know, I just, I don't think, uh, arts and entertainment workers are at the top of the government's list to take care of right now. So no, it's, it's not, it's funny, but it's not funny that when you mention, uh, the touring and the merch table specifically really is the majority of what keeps bands. Unfortunately, you guys are not to that, not to the level where you don't have to worry about a merch table. Like Fall Out Boy and those, you know, those giant national, like those giant, like that caliber, they don't care. They they just go and they play. They don't have to worry about the merch table. And bands yeah. like you guys that are driving and grinding nonstop, that that merch table, I always make sure that if you're going to a show, you make sure you bring cash. Like I know some bands will say, oh, credit's good because it goes directly to us. But that cash right there, you guys are hungry. After the show, there's cash. You can go over to Mighty. Like you have it in your hand. That's what that's what you guys need when you're touring and that's what you guys bring home. And I think if you guys end up doing more live streams and just open it up and be like, listen, don't wait for us for six months to be able to help us out. If you want to, you could just do it now on a monthly basis. I'm hoping that it ends up showing that even when you guys are able to tour, like on a Sunday afternoon where you guys are like, Hey, no venue wants to book us. We're all able to let's go live and put on a show for everyone, wherever you're at. And I'll tell you, people will still go after it. I think so. And that that's that's another thing that is kind of I realized we've realized is that this is a thing we weren't. I mean, before this, other bands were doing other bands. We know we're doing this a lot more, but we never really did. Um, we're definitely you know, whether whether we're playing shows or not, we're going to start working these in more um, because it's it's just another outlet. And, you know, and frankly, you, you play for way more people than you would if you were at a show for the most part, if it's like a chop headliner, um, aside from a few, mm-hmm. uh, few exceptions, but we're definitely going to start working these in. So hopefully we're playing shows again. If not, the streams are going to keep coming. Well, I, I love the streams and uh, I just kind of curious because I was watching Bailey who's uh, back on their live stream where they're doing call outs and they're shouting at the crowd and and I was talking to Howie and he said, you know, it was a little awkward, like, you know, but you got through it. How was it for you guys? Was it all so awkward or to you? Were you just like, fuck it, we're just doing this regardless. And it kind of didn't, was it, I don't know. What was your experience with that? I'm curious to know if it was different or very similar. The first studio one we did experience it, I, it just, it was so surreal and it, it just so very odd and unique. I can't. I don't know if I'll ever ex- quite experience that sort of emotion again, you know, right on the heels of all these announcements going live, 
having people go ecstatic at that on that one. I couldn't see any comments or stuff. They were just kind of read back to me. Um, a few of the other ones uh, I've been able to see, including the one that kind of just melted down. That's also a very strange, unique experience. I probably never experience again, but to see a common strand of people saying the sounds, the sounds trash. This is, this is not working. I can't hear you. I can't while you're on stage performing in front of an, like an empty room, but thousands of people watching is, is just, it's so crazy. Um, but overall good. I mean, overall good. It's, there is something there that allows us, you know, to have our release, to interact. And uh, I think this, this whole outlet will continue to develop in light of all this. I'll tell you, uh, I love, I, I hate, Every I hate how everyone has suffered negatively from this current pandemic, mm-hmm. but I love how everyone has come together and just been creative to be like, no, fuck you, COVID. We're not going to let you ruin 2020. We can't go out, but it doesn't mean we can't do. And you guys right. have that driving mentality and you guys have been giving it 110% to the fans. And thank Thanks, you man. so much for real. Thanks, um, you know, I just, uh, man, I just, I can't believe it. We've really kind of hit on everything I wanted to bring in and ask. Uh, I think it kind of leads us up to the end of the show. Is there any last thoughts, any shout outs you want to give out to the people specifically on where they can find your merch? And I tell everyone head on over and follow and support the pages, but like anything specific that you're like, follow this link. Cause this benefits us the most. Um, just the, just our online store at choppadelic.com. Uh, go to the store. We're still going to be releasing new merch. Also a big part of sustaining us throughout this. Definitely appreciate everybody. Love Buffalo. Love Western New York. Uh, love you guys, man. Thanks for listening and and thanks for supporting us. You had it. Divers, Molinites alike. Guys, uh, head on over. Follow, support Rhodes, support Tropodelic. Uh, if you, listen, if you listen to their music and you really feel like this is something you can get in and be a part of, head on over to the Facebook group, The Tropaholics. Join on in and just Say, hey, what's up? And I'm going to tell you, it's like you got like a nine out of 10 shot of one of the band members responding back and jumping in on a conversation with you. And it's such a surreal feeling when that happens. You're just like, wait, oh, shit. I've never talked to a band member in a personal way like this. And uh, it's a very family. So head on over, support them, follow, share the love, like them. See you guys next week. See you.